0: Would you pray with me, Lord? may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen I am uh, I'm excited about this scripture today. I have no idea what the uh, quality of my sermon will be, but I'm excited about the Scripture. I always get excited whenever I come across this story that we often know as about, about this man that we call the Gerasene Demoniac. There's a whole lot that makes me excited about this scripture, but part of it is just that name, the Gerasene Demoniac. He doesn't get uh, a real name, but everyone knew him. It seems, at least from the way Mark tells the story, that, that the man had been Chained up for a long time, probably for his own protection, probably by his friends or family. Um, Mark notes that this man, who had been chained, but had broken his chains, broken his shackles, lived among the tombs, lived among the dead. He had broken those chains, and and he ran around at night howling and cutting himself with stones. Uh, the translation we read, and a lot of translations say bruising himself, but, but the Greek um, is katakopotone, and it r- really means something more like cutting. Bruising is like the fifth option of translating it. The first several are cutting. So this man ran around hurting himself. I'm not sure that the method matters. I'm not sure the wording matters so much as the fact that whatever was going on in this man self-harm was high up on his list of things to do. It's not a pretty picture. This man living among the dead, you know, because it wasn't like a graveyard where we bury people, it was tombs cut out or built that they would put the dead into and you know, cover it with stone, and then after they had decomposed enough, they came and took the bones and put them in little boxes called ossuaries, little boxes for the bones, and they would stash that somewhere else so you can just imagine the the stench of the place with dead bodies a man running around probably not clothed covered in bruises probably some oozing wounds from him continually hurting himself i don't want to get too you know descriptive about it but the picture matters it it matters because it adds to the drama of the story, but it also matters because it helps us to understand what this man was suffering, what he was undergoing, and it helps us to understand the great care and compassion that Jesus was showing to him by, by healing him. So as the story goes, as soon as Jesus get to the shore across the Sea of Galilee, they, they step out of the boat, and this man comes running out of the tombs, and and he sees Jesus, and and the way the mark tells the story he he kneels down and begins to yell at jesus what have you to do with me son of the most high god then the man or or maybe the the demons who had possessed him beg jesus to leave him alone don't bother us and we get another weird translation issue here that that actually this one does matter most uh most translations read that that Jesus had already begun or had already said to the demon, come out of the man. But the Greek really says Jesus was about to say, or he had just started to say, come out of him. And so it adds, again, to the drama of the story that, that this man who had been possessed by a legion anticipates what Jesus is going to do, knows that his time controlling this man is about to end. As Jesus prepares to command the unclean spirits to come out of, of this man, Legion anticipates and says, No, leave me alone. Don't tell me to leave. Go away. So, the, so then Jesus asks this unclean spirit, What's your name? And uh, I think this is the creepiest line in, whole, in all of the Bible my name is Legion, for we are many. And you can just, you imagine the scene of everything that was happening, every, you know, how this man looked, where they were, then all of a sudden, my name is Legion, for we are many. That singular to plural flip just creeps me out. But it adds to the power of the story. It adds to, to what Jesus is doing and what he is capable of doing. So then, uh, you know, So Legion gives Jesus his name, and then they start bargaining. The unclean spirit says, don't cast me out. Don't send me out of this country. And Jesus obviously isn't going to go for that. So he says, oh, well, there's some pigs over there. Send me into those pigs. Sure, Jesus says. Gives him permission. Legion leaves the man, goes into the pigs, and the pigs promptly run down the hill into the sea and drown. The herders run off afraid of what had happened, but as people always do, folks start to come look, because this guy shows up, and then all of a sudden, all of our pigs go and drown themselves, and and we've got no idea what's really happening, but he's dealing with that guy who lives in the tombs, the man who's been possessed. So, of course, people are going to come to check it out, right? Because that's what we do. You rubberneck on the highway when there's an accident right so of course you'd run to see what had happened with this man and so when they when they show up when people from all over the area show up they see this man sitting with Jesus clothed and in his right mind which tells us he was naked before and we obviously know he wasn't in his right mind prior to meeting Jesus and what happens next is fascinating because you'd think they would be excited. They probably all knew this man. He probably was related to half of them because it's a small town and you know how small towns are. They knew, he knew everyone who showed up or he was related to them or he knew them through someone else because that was the world that, that they lived in. But instead of them being excited about what had happened and thanking Jesus, they say, oh, Jesus, you need to leave now. Please go. Please go. I think it was the shock of what they witnessed made them afraid of what else might happen. And so then the man, formerly known as the demoniac, goes to Jesus, please let me come with you. Jesus says, no, you you can't come with us, but go home and go tell other people what happened. So usually what we get with this story of of the garrison demoniac is that uh, we focus on Jesus's power. Jesus's power over even an army of demons, because you know, that's what his name legion uh, implies, like a, the Roman legion, a, a, you know, a large, a huge number of demons who had possessed this man. We, uh, we focus on, on that power that Jesus has, that even the unclean spirits know who he is and listen to him. Jesus uh, had been teaching in parables. He had been accused of working for Satan. You flip back into you know Mark three and four and you see this. He's teaching in parables. They, they say, oh, he's actually working for Beelzebub and Jesus says, no, house divided can't stand, that sort of, that part of scripture. Um, Jesus, at this point in time, had already gotten himself into some trouble, and so the whole reason they show up on this other side of the lake is because he wasn't welcome in Galilee, so if I'm not welcome here, I'll go somewhere else. So he packs up, and they go to the land of some Gentiles, and that's when Jesus immediately casts out a whole bunch of demons, and then people there aren't happy with him, and you're not welcome here, Jesus. Okay, I'll go somewhere else a lot happens in this story in a really short span of of time and all of these things that happen turn the world upside down at least for people who were hearing the story people who saw what happened but then people who were hearing the story retold it would have turned the world upside down for them Uh, and it all comes down to the placement of this story in scripture this this healing, at least as, as I read Mark's gospel, it seems like it's a response to the parable of the sower. That's at the beginning of chapter 4. Jesus talks about the man who goes out to sow, and s- some of the seed falls on the path, and some falls in thorns, and some falls in good soil, and the stuff that falls on the path you know, sprouts up, but then immediately dies, because it doesn't have good roots. The stuff that falls in the thorns can't, it establishes itself because it gets choked out, and the stuff that falls in the good soil grows and produces 30, 60, 100-fold. So the people in Galilee had, had been listening to Jesus. The way Mark presents it, they aren't good soil. Some of them might have been, but most of them, at least not yet, weren't, you know, they weren't good soil yet. But over there, where those Gentiles lived across the sea, apparently there's good soil there. Even if it's just this one man. Mark's account of this healing is given to us to push us into some uncomfortable places. It works to make us think about how how we understand the kingdom of God. For people on the, the west side of the Sea of Galilee, over in Judea, in Galilee and in Judea, they thought, They were entitled to special consideration because, after all, they're God's chosen people. They had received the law through Moses, and they had heard the prophets, and and they were heirs of the promises that God had given to Abraham. They didn't need anything else because they thought they had already gotten it all. And they thought those people over there on that other side, on the, the east side of the sea, well, they weren't special. They were Gentiles. They were foreigners. They were not us. So Mark sets the story up in that way. Jesus leaves Galilee and goes over to the land of the Gentiles. Mark tells us right away he, they, that Jesus and the disciples show up in the land of, of the, the Garrisones. This man is in the land of the Gerasenes. He lived among the dead. He lived next to pigs, pro- which means he probably ate pork, He told Jesus to stay away. So this all would have coalesced in their minds to show them that this man, these people, were far from God. It would have reminded them, perhaps, of something that that we find in Isaiah. It's in Isaiah 65. God, speaking through Isaiah, says, I held out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, who sit inside tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh with broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy. But they would have recognized this man lived in the tombs with pigs who told Jesus to stay away, all of these things would have worked together to to make them think about, oh, that people who didn't want anything to do with God, but Jesus, Mark, at least telling the story, flips it that we forget this was God speaking through Isaiah, telling the people of Israel that the judgment they would receive was going to be just for their sins. The destruction that they faced, the destruction of Jerusalem, was just because they had continually pushed God away. They did things that violated the law. They thought themselves too holy, even for God. So we see Jesus and the disciples show up in in another place where all of these things are happening. The man lives among the tombs. He lives next to pigs, so he probably eats pork. He tells Jesus to keep away. All of these things come together, makes them think, okay, this guy is going to get what's coming to him because he also fits this description. But instead of, instead of the story going that way, where this man is reminded of how far he is from God, Jesus heals him. And instead of him thinking he's too good for Jesus after the demons had been cast out. He begs Jesus, let me go with you. He wanted to see more, to be a part of what Jesus was doing, to give his life over to Jesus's work. So Mark sets up the story in in this way with this fascinating reversal to show us that what we think about the kingdom of God might be wrong we always want things to work in a nice orderly fashion that can be explained we want to have an answer we want it to be a simple answer because we don't want to think too hard we want it to make sense we want it to follow clearly established rules so we know this is right or this is wrong we don't like gray areas but that's not what happens here jesus goes to this foreign land in order to show the disciples what good soil looks like and he finds good soil in this man who had been possessed by demons, living next to pigs, among the dead, that's where he finds good soil, in the last place they would think to look. The people in Galilee didn't want to listen to Jesus, so he left, and and he found someone who would listen. Sure, there were other people there who begged him to leave, that they weren't ready to listen yet, and Jesus did leave. But when the man left to go tell others, We end with, they were amazed at what Jesus had done. The the people who came to see, however, were more concerned, it appears. They were more concerned with their fear and their uncertainty, with what to do with this man now that he had been healed, than they were concerned about anything else. They seemed to be more concerned with how they should justify their actions toward him, chaining him, abandoning him leaving him, probably leaving him to die. They were more concerned with how they could justify that to themselves than, you know, than they were about their pigs, which were their livelihood, probably their, you know, one of their main sources of food and their source of money. They d- didn't really care much about how they would be able to make it. It was what's going to happen to us now that we really screwed up which again confronts us with an interesting problem. Jesus sought out this man in his time of need, a man who had been ostracized by his community. He had been bound and, and left for dead among the, among the tombs. That's really the only reason you leave someone among the tombs is so that you don't have to carry them very far after they die. We, we, we could get into all sorts of uh, other, you know, interesting aspects of this story. We could dive into uh, different explanations about his obvious mental illness. You know, we, the way that that was described you know, 2,000 years ago is very different from how we describe it today, but this man obviously had some mental illness. We could try to write off the, the demons because it makes us uncomfortable to think about demons possessing someone. Maybe it doesn't make you uncomfortable, but it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. We could uh, write off the fact that the pigs run down the hill and drown because, I don't know if you're aware of this, but pigs can actually swim pretty well. Um, They wouldn't have just drowned in the lake. It's a weird part of the story. But if we tried to focus on all of those things, we would miss the whole point. The point here is that Jesus took the time to care for someone who had been abandoned by everyone else. He healed this man and then he gave him a task. He said, go, go and tell how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And then Jesus left because no one else wanted him around. Now, we could dig into um, the simple fact that, you know, pigs can swim or a lot of people these days don't think the demonic possession is real. You know, whatever about that, I'm not going to tell you it is or isn't. You can figure it out. We could talk about the fact that the, the geographical placement of this story doesn't make any sense. Um, if you read in your, Bible, in your own Bible, you, you might see a note next to, they, they come to the land of the Gerasenes, and then it might say, you know, other, um, I have to look it up in mine, you know, other ancient manuscripts read, other ancient authorities read Gergesenes, other Gadarenes, because we don't know where this place is. There it was uh, a town of Gerasa. There was a town of Gadara. There was a town of uh, Gergesa. Two of the three were nowhere near the Sea of Galilee, you know, like 10, 20, 30 miles away. One other, we just have no idea where it was. There's a town that has a similar name that sounds sort of the same, but is you know, not exactly the same. So a lot of people focus on, on we don't know where exactly to place this story in context and, and because we can't place it in context let's just ignore the fact that you know, I, my name is Legion for we are many. Let's just ignore the fact that this man goes into the Decapolis which tells us enough to know. Other side of the Sea of Galilee that was the Decapolis the ten cities that had banded together. We don't have to make sense of all of the details, because the, the miracle isn't about proper location or, or a correct understanding of the abilities of animals. It's not about demons or whatever illness this man had. That's not what the miracle is actually about. The miracle is told to us so that we might see the difference between God's kingdom and our kingdoms. It, it's there to show us what Jesus came to do, to seek out those who had been abandoned and to heal them. So unlike our kingdoms, God's kingdom shows us that even the most flawed and broken people can find a place to belong simply because of Jesus understanding the, the gift of mercy that God has shown us. God's kingdom values a change of heart and God's kingdom is not afraid to turn things upside down but all too often we are afraid of the very things that that God does because that's not how we've set up our world to work you know, God's kingdom is is there to care for those who've been cast out it, it doesn't care about nationality or geography or, or ethnicity it it doesn't care about social standing or, or political power You see that by who Jesus surrounds himself with. Fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes, people who had been possessed by demons. We don't want to see the brokenness. Just like the people who had pushed this man out into the tombs and who had bound him so they didn't have to deal with him anymore. We don't want to be confronted by our own sins because then you have to figure out, what am I going to do with it? We don't want to imagine that, that life could be different. Because the change might not be easy. One of, part of the miracle is that this man, the garrison demoniac, was healed. And came to his right mind and went out to tell people what Jesus had done. But the other part of the miracle is Jesus taking the time to tell us that we could be like that man instead of the crowd. We could be like the man who sees Jesus, who meets him, whose life is changed, and then who wants to serve him. Or we could be like the crowd who says, no, Jesus, you need to leave. We don't want to imagine what God can do with us. But not the garrison demoniac. He didn't have to imagine. He already knew what God could do. So all he wanted to do was find a way to help others meet Jesus. Jesus. Amen.